From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. And it is crunch time for Democrats to get a deal together on their massive tax and spending package, the big budget reconciliation package for all of this social spending to expand the social safety net and tackle climate change. Democratic leaders have been promising a framework, some kind of outline of a deal this week. As we tape Friday morning, that hasn't happened yet, but we are waiting and developments seem to keep changing by the hour. So we wanted to sort of look at where we are in these in these complex talks for this key package that President Biden's whole economic agenda is riding on in this one massive bill, because Biden was on CNN last night at a town hall forum, and he was pretty blunt about some of the trade-offs he's had to make, Jen, in how to get a deal together and what things are going to have to go and what things are going to stay and what some of the obstacles still are that he's fighting right now. Right. This town hall was really newsworthy. And I think a lot of us who have been running around the hill for the past few weeks and constantly pinging staff, trying to get a sense of where the negotiations stand and what's in, what's out, what's being shortened, to just sort of watch it get detailed very clearly by the president on national television um, was kind of an interesting experience. And so we got kind of the breakdown of where things are right now. And the contours of this package became a lot clearer last night during that CNN town hall. And of course, they are still working out some of the bigger parameters of this. And like we've been saying for weeks, David, you know, this is really going to come down to what they have the votes to pass with only three Democrats can object in the House and then still passing legislation over there. And of course, you need all 50 Senate Democrats together to advance this package. And that includes Arizona Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema, who has been very opaque in recent weeks and months about what she wants and doesn't want in this package, at least publicly. And we got some pretty clear signals from President Biden last night on cinema and what she is willing to accept in terms of the revenue side of the package. Um, And it sounds like she does not want any tax rate increases there, David. Yeah, Biden was surprisingly blunt, I thought, on cinema. He did praise her. She said, you know, he said she's really smart and she's supportive of a lot of his agenda. But he was blunt and said she would not raise a single penny in taxes on the corporate side and on wealthy people, period, were his words. That was the first time we really heard it laid out publicly that she will not support any tax rate increase for corporations or upper income households, which were really key components of the way Democrats plan to pay for this package. There's something like $800 billion of it would be raised through these through these tax hikes on corporations and upper income households. And it sounds to me from what Biden was saying is that really is off the table now. And they're going to have to come up with other revenue raisers to make up that gap. Or, I mean, obviously, it gets easier because they're bringing the cost of the package down too. So if it's not going to be three and a half trillion dollars of spending anymore, if it's going to be more like two trillion dollars, we think that saves a lot of money. Maybe they can forego these rate hikes that cinema opposes if they pare the package down enough. But he was blunt. And that's the key obstacle, I think, really, is how are you going to pay for this thing? 
And Biden suggested that he still thinks they can get there. He says there's four or five issues that he wouldn't name on ways to pay for this thing that might offset these tax rate increases. So we'll see. But that's a huge issue. And it's been brewing out there for months. And they seem to have been unable to touch it. And Cinema has been silent for months on what her demands were. And Biden really brought that out to the to the fore last night, I thought. And even Speaker Nancy Pelosi Thursday, Jen, was pretty clear about it by saying that abandoning those tax rate hikes, she called to be one of the options out there, which means, and she said she would be okay with abandoning them. It would just depend on what kind of compromise they could reach. So that sort of shows you where they're headed here. I think those tax rate increases are now off the table for corporations and upper income. They, they, they can breathe a sigh of relief. It is, as Democratic Senator Mark Warner said of Virginia, a great irony that you have a Democratic White House, a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, and they're going to have to pass up their chance of rolling back the Trump tax cuts that they so desperately wanted to reverse. And they're going to have to pass up their chance of rolling back the Trump tax cuts that they so desperately wanted to reverse on upper income people. It sounds like that whole goal is, is now going by the wayside in order to cut a deal with cinema on a package that can pass. Yeah, and this is one thing that more progressive Democrats are going to be a little bit frustrated with if this, in fact, is what the final package looks like. Because one of the core goals that progressive Democrats were hoping with this package is to make what they refer to as a fairer tax system. And so they wanted a system where people, corporations, couldn't find these various ways to pay nothing or very little in taxes. And they wanted a system where upper income individuals or upper income families paid what progressive Democrats refer to as their fair share, which is a higher rate. And so that is something that we've been hearing a lot about. There's also a lot of frustration that Republicans, when they had unified control of Congress in 2017, used the same budget reconciliation process to pass that GOP tax overhaul package, which a lot of Democrats saw as a step backwards in terms of how the U.S. government handles revenue um, and handles the tax code. And so they were hoping to use the budget reconciliation process this time around with Democrats in unified control of government to put things right in their view. And so that is something that sounds like now is very much off the table and so I think that, you know, if that is actually the case, which it sounds like it is based on what the president said Thursday night on CNN, you know, Democratic leaders in the White House are really going to have to make sure progressives are on board with this change. Um, and like you said, make sure it's paid for, because that's another one of the, the big sort of goals of Democrats with this package is, yes, it's going to spend a lot of money, but it's also going to bring in more money. And so there won't really be a net cost. Right. And so we did see Democrats starting to scramble <laughs> Thursday on ways to to come up with other revenue. And there's been we've heard talk now of a two percent tax on stock buybacks, uh, doing this minimum corporate tax. Uh, Ron Wyden, chair of the Senate Finance Committee, has has been pressing for his tax on billionaires assets all of these other other things that they're hoping can come up with enough money. Um, but it's not clear that they've really settled on those. And it's also not clear until they have a t 
top line price tag for this package, they don't really know how much money they need to raise. I mean, it's so it, there's a push pull there. Um, but they were saying until we know the top line number, they they think they have enough revenue options on the table already. Uh, I think Ben Cardin said, the Democrat from Maryland, and it's and then once they know the top line price tag, they can figure out which of those revenue options to use. But all of that has to come together uh, in order to get this deal together, which they've been hoping to do this week. Sounds like that timeline's going to slip to me, but maybe in the next few days, Jen, we could see something emerge. It's possible. It's certainly possible. I don't think we we're going to see legislative text. Uh, anytime soon um, in terms of a final agreement between Democrats in the House and Senate on this reconciliation package. But I do think we could see some sort of outline uh, in the next few days, possibly over the weekend. But my best guess is sometime early next week. Um, And how detailed that outline will be is sort of anyone's guess. But, um, you know, just like you were saying, in terms of figuring out how much they need to pay for this, they need to figure out the top line dollar figure. And of course, that's figuring out what programs are going to be in this reconciliation package. And one of the things we've been hearing for months and really years from budget chairman Bernie Sanders uh, is that he wants an expansion of Medicare to cover uh, hearing, vision and dental. And it sounds like based on what President Biden said last week, that that is mostly off the table at this point, which I think is going to be Um, a real frustration point for Sanders and other progressive Democrats in the House who have really been pushing for this Medicare expansion for a while. Uh, And that, you know, all three of those programs would cost a little bit under $360 billion across the 10-year budget window. And so President Biden last night did talk about there potentially being some sort of, you know, $800 a year voucher system uh, for dental benefits through the Medicare program, but exactly how that work is really unclear. And so I think, you know, we've all been hearing about a lot of tension this week between West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin, who it seems like based on what Biden said and what we've all been reporting is is opposed to this Medicare expansion and Sanders, who's really been advocating it for quite some time and views this as, you know, most likely the best chance to get that Medicare expansion into law. And so those two have really been battling it out this week behind the scenes and somewhat publicly in front of reporters on the Hill. And so how this all sort of ends up in the final package, I think is going to be really fascinating. Um, And so that is also one of the areas that I think is going to be um, sort of high stakes negotiating in the next couple days. Yeah, this is another huge fight. And Biden was blunt on that too, Thursday night. And he said the reason we he basically said the reason we can't get all of the Medicare expansion benefits that he Biden supports is because of Joe Manchin, the West Virginia Democrat, who has been a key holdout on this package, along with Cinema. Uh, and he he sort of pinned it on Manchin and said he opposes this. You know, Manchin ha- does come from the standpoint of saying he doesn't want to have broad expansion of government, a new entitlement state, as he called it. You know, Medicare is facing financial trouble as it is. And so the idea of expanding it, I guess, troubles him. And so Biden said Manchin is the problem on that. And he thought cinema might also resist the Medicare expansion, but he was less sure of that. And you have Bernie Sanders, on the other hand, if there's one thing Sanders has been adamant about is prescription drugs, lowering prescription drugs and expanding Medicare. 
I mean, those seem to have really been his top priorities in this in this negotiation. And if he doesn't get that, we don't know what what kind of whether it's possible. That's a huge obstacle to this deal, because whether right. Sanders would settle for anything else, we don't know. That's a huge, huge fight that still is not resolved. I don't think Biden seemed to say it's on its way to being resolved because this voucher idea for dental dental is the huge cost in this in this piece, really. And if you do a voucher for dental, you've, you've, it's clearly not the full dental benefits they envisioned. Um, but it's it's a it's a short step toward it. It's it's a it's a it's something. It's a gesture, and that cuts the cost way down. So maybe they can get something that would make Sanders at least semi happy. But that we don't know. But that's another huge fight. Yeah. And if you think back a few months, David, Sanders has already sort of worked his way towards more centrist Democrats on this package a few times. If you think back to when discussions about the size of this package originally began, Sanders wanted $6 trillion or above. And so when they originally settled on those reconciliation instructions in the budget resolution for this package, Sanders said, OK, I'll go, I'll go along with $3.5 trillion. And then now Sanders, again, has come down a little bit further to this roughly $2 trillion top line. But the entire time, he has been sort of hanging on to this Medicare expansion for vision, hearing, and dental really firmly and saying, you know, I'm basically, you know, I'm negotiating, I'm working in good faith. Um, but, you know, at some point, I think Sanders is going to reach what he thinks is an acceptable um, stance on how much he's given to centrist Democrats in this package. And, you know, this could be it, <laughs> not getting an expansion of any of these Medicare programs when he's come down from a $6 trillion figure to a $2 trillion figure and given a few other concessions to centrists in his view could be problematic heading into that voterama on the Senate floor that will have to take place before this package can clear Congress. And of course, one of the things we've been looking at and trying to figure out is what how Republicans will approach that voterama in terms of challenging amendments for Democrats. But I think, you know, depending on how frustrated progressive Democrats, particularly Sanders, are when this final package comes to the floor, there could be a few rounds of, you know, Democrats challenging each other with amendments as well. And I'm I'm sure that's something that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wants to avoid. But depending on how uh, high frustrations are running and if any progressive Democrats really want to put their moderate colleagues on the record on some of these issues like Medicare expansion, you know, we could see a few a few rounds of challenging Democratic votes from Democrats during Voterama. And they've already made some other significant cuts we should mention, Jen, quickly, because uh, another big priority here was paid family and medical leave. Biden wanted 12 weeks of paid leave where the government would would sub basically subsidize the wages of people who need that time off so it doesn't hurt the employer. Um, and Biden was pretty blunt again and said he can only get four weeks now of paid leave. A lot of progressives were very unhappy with that and said anyone who's been pregnant knows that four weeks isn't enough. Um, but Biden was asked, why is it only four weeks? And he said, because I couldn't get 12. This is all bargaining of, of top line numbers. Uh, and so that was a major concession they've already uh, cut to try to make a deal work. And then another one was his his plan for community colleges. He's been he campaigned on this idea of two years of tuition free community college. Um, and that's going by the wayside, too. 
Um, and Biden tried to say he was still he was still determined to get it done during his term. But he made it pretty clear it's not going to be part of this bill. One more thing we should mention, which, which is the on the energy front, it does seem as though that the clean electricity program is gone again because of Joe Manchin. Basically, uh, this was a this was the idea of of paying utilities to transition away from fossil fuels to, toward renewable energy like wind and solar, and penalizing companies that don't make the transition. Manchin has steadfastly opposed this thing because it's going to hurt his coal-rich West Virginia. And it, it does seem as though that program is going to get scrapped. Biden tried to suggest he would use the money they had dedicated for that program for other technologies that he was vague about that would still, he says, accomplish the same basic goal of reducing emissions. But we'll have to see how that plays out. But that's another one. So they've been they've made several cuts already, and there's more to go. And we're going to see in the next few days if they actually get some sort of framework of a deal here. But that's where we stand right now. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.